Hi, I'm Enzo. And I'm Reina. And this is the Date Night Horror Show. <laughs> and you know what, Reina? What is it? This is the cursed episode. <gasps> so scary. Episode 13. <gasps> Ooh, one three. Whose who's lucky number is one three? That's my lucky number. Yeah. And I'm not just picking that because I'm trying to be super gothy, but... You were born I, on the 13th. I was born on a 13, so mm-hmm. it's always been my lucky number. And since so... I know, since you, we've met, it's been your lucky number. Yeah. And um, when, when I thought of starting the podcast, uh, I always saw lucky number 13 to be the end of season one. Ooh. So this is sort All of right. the end of season one. <gasps> We so it's came kind of a, to the end of season one. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't believe we got here. And uh, we have a lot uh, to cover. It's yeah. going to be a jam-packed episode. It's going to be a little different from our other episodes. Um, right. I don't think we're going to do a curation portion. But we have so many current... Uh, that and we've seen. Current movies that yeah. have a cursed element to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's going to be chock full of... I'm really of, excited. Uh, Cursed horror films. I know. This is so cool because I have so many like superstitions that are so ridiculous, but I totally follow them. So I'm not a superstitious person. and mm, No? No, because it pretty much comes down to me being five years old. And I remember all the kids were, were going, oh, what's your lucky number? So okay. I say 13 and I said it because it was my birthday. My of course mm. everyone picks their birthday as one of their lucky numbers, right? Um, and of course all the other kids started laughing, and I'm I'm like, why are you laughing? And they're like, oh, that's the curse number. That's that's a, the most unlucky number ever. How can that be your favorite number? They didn't know anything. And I pretty much said, fuck you. It's still my favorite I love number. It. So they didn't um, know shit. That was kind of the beginning of my nonconformity. So I've never been superstitious ever since. Uh, the whole cat crossing your path thing, I don't believe in that either because uh, I love cats. So, you know, walking under a ladder, I don't believe in that either. You know, what about you? So I don't feel like I'm a superstitious person at all. Like at all. I don't think I am. Mm-hmm. But if I spill salt and then I throw it over my shoulder. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's kind of superstitious, right? Don't you think that's kind of habitual, though? Maybe. Like, you're not or like when I say, but I do scared. it. You're not mm. actually scared of being cursed. In the back of my mind, mm-hmm. I'm like, just in case. Uh-huh. Like, just in case I don't want to be cursed. Hmm. Or when I'm like, oh my God, blah, 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 knock on wood. I will literally like be, where's wood? Where's wood? Oh, I, I'll do that. But again, I think it's kind of... Just a habit. Mm, I'm not actually... Fine for you. Okay. For me, definitely it's probably habit uh-huh. or what I've been taught. Yeah. But then somewhere in the back of the recess of my mind yeah, is like, what if I don't do it and then I'm fucked Yeah. at the end of the day, right? Right. So especially like the salt thing is so stupid. Like I'm like... Because sometimes I'll be like, hmm, nah, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to do it. I got to do it. Yeah, you know, it's... What if, what if, for me? Right. And then being Mexican-American, you know, Hispanics are traditionally very superstitious people. 
Very. Yeah. Um, one of my older sisters, shout out to my sister, Laura. Um, she's actually really superstitious. And I remember one time we were at her house and you started to put your purse on the floor. Yeah. And she like jumped. <laughs> she did like this ninja jump to make sure that the purse wouldn't touch the floor. Yeah. And I had, I had never even heard that. What What is that? Explain that. Really? Well, I know it now, but go. So the superstition is, is if you put your purse on the floor. Yeah. You are not going to have fortune. Oh, okay. So it it ruins your financial future. Your financial future is shit. (laughs) And so I've never subscribed to that because I've just always put my purse on the floor when I go to a restaurant or a bar. Yeah. I've always just put my purse on the floor. So, yeah. I don't know. It hasn't really affected me, but any friend, family, anyone that is of Latin or Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. When I do that, have they like a conip, the, dude, the, like they, yeah, they freak, freak out. out. See, that's the thing with all these superstitions. They're kind I love of it po- though. so funny. They're kind of pointless because in all these different countries, there's all these other superstitions that we don't subscribe to because we're not in those other countries because we don't know those other traditions. So I'm sure they think, you know, a cat crossing the path is kind of dopey. So I found this website uh, called mentalfloss.com. And they have a list of a bunch of superstitions from all over the world. And I think it proves my point, what I'm trying to say about superstition, that it's kind of pointless because (laughs) it's regional, it's folklore, it's, you know, that sort of stuff. Because some of these are really funny. But they're fun. Yeah, they are fun. Oh my God, I'm dying to hear this. Let's see. So in Russia, Mm -hmm. putting your clothes on inside out is like a curse that you're going to get beat up. What? So if you do that accidentally... I would get beat up on a daily. <laughs> I always put my shit on back or inside out, I mean. <laughs> See, oh that's my, my point. That's it's so like funny. You've never been scared that you're going to get beat up, right? I might now. So supposedly what you should do, if you accidentally do that, <laughs> you have to immediately put your shirt back on the right way mm-hmm. and then have a friend like symbolically hit you, and you? hit you on the arm or something, you know, like soft. <laughs> it's like a knock on wood <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Okay. And oh my God, that's funny. That's not even the weirdest ones. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so in the Czech Republic, um, mixing beers is really, really bad luck. Mixing beers, like having two different types of beers. Yeah, like doing uh, what's it called, the uh, black and tan. Like for example, when you mix Guinness you with like an amber. Yeah, like if you put pour them together, oh, two to different beer together. types, it's considered really, really bad luck. And so, what do you do to undo it? Does it say? Uh, it says when you're visiting Chechnya, the world's number one per capita beer consuming country. See, uh, <laughs> do not pour beer into a glass that has a beer of a different kind in it. Bad luck will surely follow. That's all it says. Wow. Here's Did another. Did you do that when we were in the Czech Republic? What's that? Did you do that? Uh, were there? No, I don't no, think so. no, I don't think so. Um, but like, you know, like I said, like a black and tan yeah. where you mix two beers, that's considered super bad luck. So that's so funny. Yeah. This one's really strange. It's bad luck to shake your legs in South Korea. <laughs> and it says in South Korea, people are told not to shake their legs. Otherwise their wealth and good luck will just fall out. I wonder where these come from. <laughs> well, so they're, they're shaking loose their wealth and all superstitions are bizarre the the whole idea is your your wealth and your good luck will shake out of your pockets or something (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. How do people dance there? The, yeah. Um, in some fishing regions in China, it's bad luck to flip over a cooked fish. I don't even know what to say about that. And it says, <laughs> it's thought that this will lead to a ship capsizing. Oh, I see. Here's another really interesting one. In some parts of Europe, lighting a cigarette from a candle is bad luck for sailors. Um, sailors? Uh-huh. Another piece of sailor-related bad luck uh, from parts of Europe says that if you light a cigarette with a candle, which people do all the time, yeah. a sailor will die. Yikes. Uh, the common explanation is that sailors used to supplement their income by selling matches. So bypassing oh, the match step took money away from sailors. So I think a I'm lot of... Death, uh, I think, again, <laughs> I, know, it's, I, know. I think that, that one almost seems like a propaganda thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just very strange. In Italy, um, bread placed upside down is bad luck. Oh. So I was looking up, because I was looking up Mexican superstition, because our people are superstitious AF. Yeah. A lot of them. I have a lot of tias that are superstitious. But it was so weird because I've never heard these in my life. It's regional. That's why I'm telling you superstition is pointless because, yeah, go ahead. But one of them is if you put chicken poop in your hair, it will keep it from falling out and or help it grow back. Okay, you're fucking with me now. I swear to God. <laughs> Isn't it weird? That's super crazy. I've, where, what part of Mexico is that from? It doesn't say. I just mm. looked up um, Mexican um, superstitions. And then another one is... I guess that's kind of a home remedy kind of thing. Yeah. If a large black moth enters your house, you have to sweep it out immediately or someone will die. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You got another one? Yeah. Hold on. Sorry. Um, All right. Well, you're looking one. I'll give you another one. Okay. In Sweden, it's considered bad luck to put your keys on the table. Why? Oh, the origin is is really interesting. Uh, because in the old days, prostitutes would put keys on the table in public areas to attract clients. Oh, weird. So to avoid risk of misunderstanding, a superstition arose to prevent people from doing this accidentally. So it used to be a it used to be a kind of a move that prostitutes would do. Wow. Yeah, that's super strange. <laughs> I have a good one. Okay. If you dare stare a dog while it's pooping in the eye, <laughs> you will get a pimple in your eye. A pimple? Yeah. You know how I feel about dogs taking crap. I know. Too, don't look at them in the eye. Because it's hilarious. <laughs> they always look so defeated and embarrassed. All animals, I feel like. Here's one from Turkey that's really interesting. It's bad luck to drink water that reflects moonlight. Ooh, I wonder why. Well, I sort of get it. You know, some people or some cultures are scared of the dark and all that. Mm. Uh, according to the Turkish Ministry of Culture, those who drink water that reflects moonlight will have bad luck. I've had... I, I, oh, this one's great. Mm. This one's great. In Siberia, complimenting a baby will bring it bad luck. So instead, you need to say that it's ugly. <laughs> so it's sort of like, you know how you tell, you tell actors break a leg? Mm. You know, it's it's kind of the the opposite. <laughs> so if you ever go to Siberia and you see a, a newborn baby, just go ugh. 
<laughs> oh my god can you imagine <laughs> oh man your baby's ugly <laughs> oh my god i wonder if people still do that i don't i, I don't know yeah it's pretty hysterical i mean i had uh, um a tia that you that she's still alive so i shouldn't say she used to but she used to tell my mom all these things to do so mm-hmm. for the longest time my mother had the ugliest frog do you remember that yeah, I remember that. Frog. On a candlestick facing uh-huh. the front door. Oh, yeah. That, remember? That's super strange. And I told my mom, what the heck? This is so, it's like, it, I mean, you couldn't have picked an uglier frog, sculpt, uh, little ceramic thing. Yeah, I remember that. It was a frog with like a crown uh-huh. on its head. That was super strange. <laughs> and I told my mom, what are you doing? Yeah. And it was supposed to bring you fortune. Yeah. Never happened, by the way. Yeah, it's the, you know, the the little remnants of paganism that, that still kind of resides within Mexican culture. So talking about how superstitious Latin people can be uh, is actually a perfect segue <laughs> for our first review. Yeah. Uh, and this is VOD, Video On Demand, The Curse of La Llorona. Oh. Okay, so uh, uh, non-Spanish-speaking people, the double L, it translates into a Y sound. So it's not La Llorona, which I have heard oh, a lot of people pronounce. It's La Llorona. Yeah, Yorona. Y- you can even say Yorona. La Yorona is is correct. Um, it's like um, Pollo Loco. You don't say Palo Loco. You say Pollo right. Loco. The L, the double L is uh, Yo. It's yeah. It's like a, right. a Y sound. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like yellow. Yorona. <clears throat> so, yeah, we oh. actually we actually saw this in the theater, but we couldn't we couldn't wrap uh, an episode around it. Because uh, we really wanted to do an all Latin horror episode, but we kind of kept it in the back burner mm-hmm. for a video D VOD uh, yeah. review. So, do you want to get started with that? Oh my gosh! Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. Let's read the synopsis. Okay. Okay. So the synopsis of the movie mm-hmm. is ignoring this the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker, and her own small kids are soon drawn into frightening supernatural realm. Oh, okay, so it's it's pretty vague about it's the It's very whole. vague. Okay. What I have to say is this story for me... For is, us. Okay, for us, is a very important story because it's a huge part of our childhood. Yeah, basically, La Llorona to, to Latin people, to Mexican people, really, uh, is like the boogeyman. It is. So the the story, traditionally, of La Llorona is a mother, a troubled mother, that drowns her children in a river, Mm -hmm. but then, of course, regrets it and is forever haunted by the cries of her child. And so she, La Llorona means... She's she's cry, she's the crier, the crying woman. Yeah, she's the crying woman, and so the 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 folklore of La Llorona is that she's always looking for her children, yeah. but she's always crying. So you could hear her crying, looking for her children in yeah. a riverbank, an ocean, or a lake, wherever there's water. So that's what we grew up with. Yeah, and and we should probably explain why. 
it's specifically that. Um, Mexican culture, I would say the mother, the matriarch, is kind of the center of the family. Yes. There's even phrases like desmadre, which means everything is a mess, uh, which literally translates without mother. Um, so La Llorona kind of reflects the culture. You know, it's like saying like the worst possible thing you can imagine is a bad mother, is mm -hmm. a mother that that drowns her kids, isn't there for her kids, puts a man before her kids, that sort of thing. Um, and it's kind of explained in the film. Um, but um, yeah, we should probably start talking about the film. Sure. So the film kind of takes a different twist to it as mm -hmm. far as like it's like a, a family in the 70s mm -hmm. and um widowed mother a, a widowed mother he was a police officer uh-huh and so she had mixed children mm -hmm. and so she she was a social worker yeah and so she got involved with a family going in her work that had the curse of the yorona mm-hmm Yeah, that's where it comes to play. And I think it's really, it's actually really brilliant that the mother is not a, of Latin descent because if she were, she would already know who the La Llorona uh -huh. is. So right. in the movie, she, she, she's like, who's, who's, this, who's this La Llorona? And mm -hmm. they have to explain it to her. So that allows, that allows the director to explain it to everyone. Exactly. So I, I thought it was a brilliant choice. It kind of widens the, the, the audience yeah, yeah yeah for sure i thought that was a really really mm -hmm. good story device um the actress i know i know she's the actress who played thelma in the scooby-doo movies mm -hmm. uh now she's older and you know she she has a young family in the story uh, wh what's her name again so her name is linda Carta cardellini mm -hmm. and so she yes yeah, she was in a lot of movies she was in avengers age of ultron scooby-doo Legally Blonde, Avengers Endgame, and one one of my series favorites on Netflix, Dead to Me. Okay, um, she's she's awesome. So she plays the mom mm -hmm. and the social worker. Yeah, in La Llorona, and I thought she was really good. Yeah, I thought the I thought the kids were really well cast as well. Yeah, um, what I would say about La Llorona is that it's fun. It's kind of good for ki good for teenagers. You know, and and even young teenagers, it's not insanely scary, but it's it's playful and 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 well made. Um, yeah. From a Latin standpoint, it does do justice to the story. I th I thought there were some really really good choices, um, visually, and there's some good creepy scares. Um, yeah. I love that La Llorona only spoke Spanish, um, which was great. It just felt authentic, and then um, there's other cultural elements in the film yeah. that um, that are directly from Mexican culture, the curandero, all that stuff. So I felt like it paid respect to it, um, but also really matched well with the rest of the Conjuring universe, which this is part of the Conjuring universe. Right, right. So I agree. I think that um, for me as a child, being afraid of La Llorona, like the the folklore of it, I thought it paid really good respects to her as well. Mm -hmm. As far as like, yeah. it wasn't like over the top scary, yeah. but it was just enough to really remind you why when you were a kid, you were scared of her. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, 
it's like some a movie like the Duke, where mm-hmm. you know it's talking about seeing monsters under your yeah. bed and kind of imagining things like that. Uh, with us growing up with La Llorona, they would say, oh, go to sleep because otherwise La, La Llorona is going to come get you. And of course you'd go oh, to yeah, sleep. I'd be threatened all the time. Of course you'd go to sleep, but then you would hear her while you were about to fall right. asleep. You're like, you're, you start imagining a crying voice and I'm sure it's... Oh my gosh, totally. I'm sure it was my older, my older sisters making the crying voice just to scare the shit out of me. But so it's it's a childhood thing, you know. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And I think they did a good job. What What's your final review on it? Would you recommend it? I love it. I think people that don't know the legend or didn't grow up with La Llorona would appreciate it as horror light. Mm-hmm. But anyone that grew up with the legend of La Llorona would appreciate it. Yeah, because it's like seeing it come to life. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. would totally appreciate it. It's a good story. The scares. Great addition to the Conjuring universe. Totally. And the scares are are good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would would completely recommend it. Yeah. Um, Especially on video on demand. You can watch it at home. Yeah. I I would recommend it as well. Uh, I thought there were some really elegant moments. Yeah. Um, I, it's not as scary as I normally like. Right. It's like. Um, But again, it's kind of a, a teenager level, you know. Yeah. I think it's better than than the nun was, and the nun oh, was for massively sure. successful. So. I agree with that. But see, I kind of don't know if it's because I love that's like one of my favorite folklores of all time. No, I, I think I think I can look at it separately. That's I good. think that's the cool. nun I think the nun's story was felt pieced together. I think La Llorona's oh, sure. story is a little more cohesive. It is. It's very well thought out i feel like like um yeah i agree i i I think it's a very well-rounded story altogether yeah so if you want to watch a movie maybe with your kids your teenage kids Mm -hmm. or you know your adolescent kids yeah and they like horror movies this is a really good recommend uh for video on demand out right now i agree with that it's it's a good it's it's a good one okay so since we're not really curating uh you know, a bunch of movies for this because we have so many to, to cover, mm-hmm. so many new ones. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, what do you think is your favorite horror movie that has a cursed element? Ooh. Um, I have to go with a classic of Exorcist because of the Ouija board. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It I think I have to go with that one because it's the originator. It's the one that's the most creepy for me. It's yeah. my first horror movie ever. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have to go with Exorcist. Yeah, and so many other movies, um, good and bad, have used mm-hmm. the Ouija board. And I think that's probably the, sh- the springboard. Yeah. And, of course, the Ouija board is this cursed element. Uh, one of the things that's sort of funny is I have a, I have a Ouija board mouse pad at work. <laughs> <laughs> have a Ouija board. Because, again, I just like the way the Ouija board looks. It's, it's an amazing design. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a pop culture thing for me. Yeah. But I love how people are really scared of it. Like, I, I find that fascinating. So, I have a funny story about that. I have a wallet that my one of my best friends gave me, Alex Macias. Mm-hmm. And it's a Ouija board mm-hmm. wallet. And I went back to my hometown, and I was paying for something. <laughs> and our hometown is very conservative, like, yeah. very super conservative. So, I took out my wallet to pay. Mm-hmm. And the woman at the register was like, oh, oh when she, she saw my wallet, out. like, oh, <laughs> And, uh, and then awesome. my sister, to kind of like smooth it over, was like, 
oh my god why do you have that and i'm like what do you mean and she was like ew that's so creepy why do you have the you know like the ouija board wallet Mm -hmm. and i'm like because it's it's it looks like the ouija board like it has Mm -hmm. yes and no yeah yeah, yeah, exactly and so i'm like well i told them well when i'm not sure about a purchase or (laughs) or like a decision i i i go and i'm like ouija board yes or no what should i do right my sister's like pendeja which means stupid in spanish mm-hmm. and the woman at the register was like hi, hi. and she like checked me out the fastest i've ever been checked out in my hometown ever yeah. because she thought i was the devil yeah I'm, dude people are terrified of the ouija board it's so ridiculous They're terrified of the ouija board it's silly and i just again i just see it as a pop culture image of course like the parker brothers ouija board mm-hmm the way it looks, it reminds me of my childhood. I know that there's all these like weird Wicca versions of Ouija boards, but they don't have the same sort of visual no, magic. The original is like yeah. the best one. And that one's not even the original. The Ouija board's been around forever. Yeah. But it's the pop culture. It's sort of like the um, Operation Man. You know, like he has the same oh, yeah, sort totally. of thing for me. Yeah. But the Ouija board has the mystery, and I love yeah. that it scares people. So it's so funny, it though. It has the horror cred. So, but I was, I felt very gangsta because anytime I can freak out the people in my hometown, <laughs> I'm all about it. Yeah. I don't think that's difficult to do, especially when you're walking around wearing black all day. So I told you mine. What's yours? So it would probably be down to two, two movies. Okay. okay. I'm, I'll, it's a two, two movie answer. So, if it has to be a cursed item, Mm -hmm. then it's definitely Hellraiser. Oh, very good. Um, The puzzle box. um, Yeah. All you horror nerds know what it's called, the the lament configuration. Um, I just love, I love. That's a good one. It is like the perfect cursed uh, um, item. So, that that would be my answer. Um, For an item, uh, my favorite cursed a movie with a curse in it would right. probably be The Grudge, Juan. Oh, interesting. And because I just love that that no one can get away from it. Like, the curse is so profound that any sort of contact with that house and that curse, um, you're, you're, you're done for. So, wait, so let's go it. back to the box. Okay. What is it about the box specifically, like, is the thing that really just, like, is your your thing i love uh it has a gilded quality mm-hmm. it looks it looks antique mm-hmm. and i even like when we go to antique shops and i find old items yeah there's a certain um mystery to them and i call it a, a gilded look yeah. you know like a handcrafted like like a watchmaker sort of look right um so it's that and i love how horror fans can wear um, a t-shirt with the lament configuration on it and everyone knows where that's from oh, okay and even non-horror fans know what know where yeah. that's from so yeah i would have to go with that so and then the grudge like what is it like what's the pinpoint like what's the the scare for you it, it's that you can't get away from it yeah and then it's very clever about how how the victim's uh fates intertwine Mm, that know, is a good. I, yeah. I love that. It's so. It's a good element. It's so well crafted, right? You know, it's like a great episode of Seinfeld. You know? Yeah. But of course, from the horror side. So. <laughs> right. And 
now, our feature review. Okay, Reina, it's time for our big feature review. Uh, and this time, we're going to have two feature reviews. Right. Uh, the first one we're going to start with is Annabelle Comes Home. Right. Uh, do you want to read the synopsis? Well, babysitting the daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren, a teenage daughter and her friend, annoyingly awaken an evil spirit trapped in the doll. <laughs> yeah so i guess uh, so if you're a conjuring fan like us uh you had you had to go see it right um one thing i would say right off about this film is that there's a, a chunk of the movie that involves ed and lorraine warren which i really like those characters um and it kind of elaborates more on them and that was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, what are your thoughts about it? You're not going to like this, but I felt like it was a dumbed down version of like a teenage horror movie. Yeah. No, I can agree with that. Yeah. Which was unfortunate because I think those characters are really awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Lorraine and Ed. And it would have been really interesting to see their daughter yeah and what that means as far as you know their horrors and the, you know that basement full of shit that they have yeah that they've collected over the years yeah and they had this annoying uh teenager friend peripheral friend even um insist on knowing what was down there and that was kind of I don't know. It just didn't flow for me. Yeah. And I think they tried. I mean, I think the the young girl has motives for why she wants to mess sure. with all that stuff, but it didn't quite um it didn't quite hit the mark. It, it didn't. It, I think it could have, but I it just yeah. didn't quite get there. Um one of the things that I would say about the film is that it had major pacing issues. Oh yeah. Like there there was totally. there were moments where it was just this dull yeah. Grind. Like You're like, get, get get me to somewhere. Get me to somewhere. Get me but to I somewhere. But I think it was can... also because the characters, you didn't really care about the character because... The only character I cared about were the Warrens and the daughter. And the daughter. Yeah. But the, the one that was like curious about, you know, what was down there, what mm-hmm. it all meant. You were frustrated. so superficial. I do feel like we need to mention the daughter. Um the actress that plays the daughter, the Warren's daughter. McKenna Grace. Yeah, because she's been in uh, Haunting of Hill House. She played young Theo. I've seen her in a couple other things. And she's a really good dramatic actress uh, for horror. And then she's young. She's this young girl. Um, I see her doing a lot more in the future with horror. She's come out. She, has she come was out really in a likable. Yeah. She was really likable and really good in yeah. the role. You know? Yeah. She looks haunted. She's, she's And she looks like looks she could haunted. be their daughter. I love Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. Vera Farmiga, of course, from Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite series ever. Yeah. They're amazing as the Warrens. And I think casting McKenna as their daughter was a really good choice. Not only because she's already been in a bunch of... Or haunted, you know. Yeah. and, and But uh, she's, she's a good choice for... That could actually be their daughter. And the the Warrens are, they're controversial figures. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, consider them kind of quacks and like, you know, charlatans. They kind of, you know, 
preyed on people sure. to to make money and to become famous. And I, what I love about them, this movie, is that they mention that. Like yeah, they, they, they do. actually mention that in the in the story, which I thought was a really cool choice because. Just to be clear, I like them as characters in the series. I think they're they're a good anchoring couple in the series. Um, I haven't, you know, researched them as people, and I I don't know enough about them. Um, but I really like them in the center of the Conjuring universe. That's what I would have loved to seen in this movie. Um, is more about them and their daughter together yeah, working together to um because they weren't really in it like they were yeah. in it for a minute and then yeah. it moved over to a teenage friend yeah which was it kind of lost me there yeah i would have loved to have seen them with their daughter yeah experience annabelle yeah that that would have been very yeah, very that would have been amazing so okay so let's let's wrap up the review like what are your what are your thoughts would you recommend this to someone it's i mean it's probably in the last days of being in the theater yeah. would you go see it in the theater would no. you you know i wouldn't see it in the theater but as a horror fan it's kind of like you gotta see it yeah so you, i wouldn't i would see it at home yeah it, especially if you're like the conjuring universe fan yeah like it you have to see it like you just do yeah. Um. Because it's not horrible. Yeah. It, it's 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 okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um. So I would definitely recommend that you see it, especially if you've already seen all of the other ones. Yeah. Um. So, but I wouldn't go out to the theater to see it. But I would definitely at home see it. Yeah. Um. I I think my my review is similar. Um. It's not one of the better Conjuring universe yeah. films. Um. Uh. It does tell more about the Annabelle story. Um, it has some interesting parts with the Warrens and their daughter. Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of worth seeing for if you're a cool. Conjuring Universe yeah. fan. Um, I don't think it was worth seeing in the theater, unfortunately. No. Um, but I agree with you. If you if you have, you know, again, it's one of it's like La Llorona. If you have uh, young uh, adolescents, if you're yeah. If you have adolescents uh, yeah. and you know they want to watch a horror movie, this this one would satisfy them. Yeah. It's just not one of the better Conjuring movies. No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. So our final feature review is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, this movie is produced by Guillermo del Toro, which one of my yeah. heroes. Awesome. Um, and who who directs this? So the director is Andre Ovedral, and he did. Troll Hunter, and The Autopsy oh. of Jane Doe. Oh, shit. Yeah. And um, no wonder. Future Murder. And yeah, so he's, he's well-versed in the, in the scary universe. Yeah, and I, I know this movie is based off a series of books that uh, I would say kind of late millennials grew up with. Absolutely. Um, I didn't grow up with them. Yeah. Um, but... Um, what I saw of the film and how the stories were integrated into the overall story was very entertaining. Um, and I thought the film held together pretty well. I thought, so I did not also, obviously, Child of the 80s did not grow up with this. Mm -hmm. But any of my coworkers, staff, or friends yeah. that I said, oh, I went to go see this movie, yeah. was like, oh my God, I love those books. They yeah. were so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I could totally see that, like, Although this wasn't for me like 
a really scary story. It was mm-hmm. very a very entertaining, yeah, sweet storytelling of horror, um, lit or horror lore. lore. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I thought the the young actors were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the main actress was Zoe uh, Coletti. Mm-hmm. She played she played Stella. Mm-hmm. I thought she was awesome in the role. Yeah, um, she she did a really good job. I thought the the weaving of the story was really good and really entertaining. It kept you interested. Yeah, um, it was horror light in a in a way, but yeah, I think it, it, it kind of read side. like a, a children's horror story, which is what it is. So I thought yeah. that was really sweet. Yeah, and then it being something that Guillermo del Toro is involved with, of course, it yeah. had a kind of fairy tale element mm-hmm. to it. Um, but then it had some really odd visual disturbing moments, um, which is also characteristic of his films. Another thing I really liked about this movie is that it reminded me a lot of those classic eighties horror movies, you know, nightmare on Elm street street specifically where you have a group of kids and they're all being cursed by something and they're all being picked off one by one. Um, in this case, uh, because this is the cursed episode, mm-hmm. um, the cursed element of this movie is the cursed book. Um, right. And the book writes stories that affect the kids. I'm going to keep it that simple. I don't, I don't want to get too much further into it. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of those 80s movies, you know, where, mm-hmm. where teenagers get picked off like that. Yeah. And every, um, every kill had its own, it was kind of customized to their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they use the book, you know, I thought, it, I thought it was really clever. I really liked it. I thought it was, a, I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, your typical, you know, scare horror really. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a really cool, um, sweet story. Yeah. It was kind of, that doesn't make sense on art, but I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was really cool. It was very entertaining. You don't get bored. Yeah. Um, the, the characters are well, I felt they were well developed. Like you yeah. really cared about them and especially the, the one little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it so, sort of yeah, you, I liked it. it. It sort of reminded me of it, as well. Like there's something it's not about as scary. it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just mean like the kids. Yeah, you know the because they all knew each other and mm-hmm. from this. But I did like the the Latino character and kind of the undertones of that character, mm-hmm. the things that you know Latin people have dealt with. Yeah, uh, in this country. Yeah, it, it was an interesting dimension to to the story that i thought was cool yeah so what are your thoughts what, what would be your uh, recommend should we people run out and see it i in think the you should go see it i thought it was a fun movie to go see in the theater yeah especially right now there aren't a lot of horror films out specifically right now yeah of course uh next month we've got it part two which know, i'm super excited wait. about and it's rolling into halloween season which is awesome yeah I especially think if you're a fan of the books, because so many people that I've told that um, actually read those books, yeah, um, always would say how much they loved them. Hmm. So if you're a fan of the books, then I would definitely say you should go see it. Because as someone that never read them, I really enjoyed this film a lot. Yeah. So it's a recommend for you? Definitely. Yeah, it's a recommend for me as well. Um, again, it's a little, it's a little on the lighter side for yeah. me, but I understand why. Um, and it's very well crafted and well made, mm-hmm. um, and it's really nicely shot too. Like, has a lot of great visual moments. 
I sort of feel like it's Guillermo's touch. Yeah. Like he's oh, yeah, kind definitely of has giving notes on things. There. Yeah. There's a couple of shots that that looked exactly like the kind of stuff he does. Definitely. But then there's other elements that are not. So, yeah, I would recommend it as well. It's I, I'd go see it in the theater if you can. Yeah, for sure. I, I liked it. Cool. So that's it for for this episode's reviews. Um, one last thing I wanted to do with you. Yeah. Uh, since this, this is the end of season one. <gasps> Already? I, yeah, I just wanted to kind of summarize the season and, and ask you a few questions about it. Ooh, okay. See what you think. All right. Um, so uh, with um, our aggregate service for our, our podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we use Podbean. Um, mm mm-hmm. I can tell which episodes are more popular than others. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, what episode do you think is the most popular out of all our episodes? Ooh. Um, The zombie one. No. Really? Yeah. See, I figured this one was easy. This is an easy question. So our most popular episode is the intro episode. And I think, I think the reason that happens, you know, I listen to podcasts constantly and whenever I find a new podcast, I always go to the first episode because usually the hosts introduce themselves and you get a sense Mm -hmm. of who they are, you know, and then you can decide whether to to follow. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that our first one was? It's, it has the most, it has the most uh, listens. Our, our, our other episodes are doing well as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the most popular one. Interesting. Um, which one do you think is our least popular episode? Um, hmm. This one will kind of shock you. It shocked me. Really? Yeah. The vampire one. No. No? No. Our least popular episode is the Walking Dead episode. <gasps> what? Which blows my mind. That's crazy. I, I, it's one of the ones that I think is is super chock full of cool information if you're a walking dead fan yeah so i looked into this and i'm like why is this why is this so low so i looked into it and i noticed you can kind of republish an episode yeah and i noticed that i didn't put tags the right tags on it tags are things you put you know yeah so you can search yeah so i only had the default tag on it like for some reason i i brain farted it yeah. So what I did is I republished it with all the right tags. So maybe it'll pick up. I can't believe that. Yeah. To me, it's one of the better episodes. It's episode 11. So listeners, if you're listening to this. And you're a Walking Dead fan. Yeah. And you're walking. Even if you stop listening, uh, watching The Walking Dead, you might find this episode interesting because we go on The Walking Dead tour near yeah. Atlanta. And wow. we, we actually go we actually go to a um talking dead episode and we talk about all that stuff and then we talk about our favorite moments from the walking dead so maybe uh, give that a little bit of love if you haven't that'd be the, my go-to if i saw that on a yeah, list i'm i'm it's one of I'm my fan of it's one of my prouder episodes like i feel like hmm. again it's chock full of content um but yeah that's the that was the least popular one interesting um so I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite episode? Zombies all day. Oh, yeah, that's Everything. true. Yeah. Actually, I, 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 um, the zombie episode was fun, and I thought the Walking Dead one was cool, too. So yeah. that's why I'm kind of bummed out right now. 
<laughs> yeah. but that one was a lot of fun to do. And the, the zombie one performed, is performing well. Um, my favorite was the vampire episode. Yeah. Because, again, it's kind of central to what I love right. about horror. Um, and I, I could do 10 vampire episodes because I just love that subgenre. Um, but it, it, it's not a hugely popular episode, which, is, which also surprises me. Um, hmm. but one of the, one of the episodes that's the second most popular mm-hmm. is the mad love episode. And we talk about like, uh, horror movies that have an obsession or love or yeah. lust for some reason that one does really, really well. Maybe because of the title? I guess. I don't know. I it's, don't either. It's this, this thing, this whole first season has been so informative. Like you really st- start to understand how podcasting works and what's working for you and what's not. Um, That's interesting because I feel like I didn't get my flow until later. So it's interesting that that would be. I think you did. You've done all right the whole season. I think you're the funnier one for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone says the feedback I get from people are like, oh my God, your wife's so funny. Really? Yeah. Because I mean, you always so give you, shit. you always kick me around the room, and people love that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what wife doesn't do hey, that to uh, her husband? No, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I know. I know. So, um, were there any? Do you have any favorite moments recording the show? Well, I feel like my favorite thing about recording this show is just spending the time with you mm. and talking about something we both are really passionate about. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I think that's the part that brings us back for sure. Yeah. I think it's been hard because we both have really crazy schedules. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the cabin episode was super fun. Oh, yeah, do. the cabin was fun. Um, I, I'll, one of the things I love about our show is that we travel. So we we try and offer different perspectives. Yeah. And I think the episodes I'm most proud of are the traveling episodes because we're we're kind of offering something that not every other horror podcast does. And we're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Halloween season's coming up. So that means Not Scary Farm. That means well, Halloween Horror Nights. We have one nights, coming up so. soon. Yeah. Friday, we're going, up, we're going to that scare bar, that pop-up yeah. bar. Yeah. So that'll be cool. We can talk the about that. The pictures I've seen look episode. really cool. Yeah. And then the whole the Halloween wave of, of new horror films are going to be coming out. We're definitely going to go see it season yeah. two. Or season two. <laughs> it uh part two the trailers have been amazing um so yeah th- i have another favorite continue. episode okay the couples round table oh yeah that was, i loved that i yeah, loved having cool. i thought it was a good uh hey tom and donia yeah i thought it was a good um break from our usual mm-hmm. format and uh, obviously they're huge horror fans like we are yeah i definitely want to do a second uh, horror couple roundtable next season. I really want to ask my niece Cassandra and her um, her soon fiance, soon to be husband Danny, because yeah. they're a they're a major horror couple. They are. And what's interesting about them is that they're millennials, so we can get that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be great. It, yeah. So um, that's gonna come up. Look for that next season. Um, and yeah, we've got a we got Halloween season coming up Very which means exciting. all these great horror films coming up so i'm definitely excited about and that theme parks yeah um so i guess um wrapping things up um i just want to thank 
everyone who's stuck with us this season. Yes, thank you so much um, for the support. Everyone on social media, you know, uh, commenting, reacting. Uh, we just want to thank everyone who's who's listened to the show, even even if it's just one episode. Yes, thank um, you for your support. Anyone who's sh- who's shared the show with your friends, anyone who's reviewed the show, um, it it's a huge help for us. Um, and it's yeah, it's awesome. We're getting this little yeah. group of listeners and supporters, and, and you know, again, we can track all that and. It's from all over the world, which is super, awesome. super cool. And leave us a comment. What, what would you like us to review or do for season two? Some suggestions? That would be cool. Yeah, we have a list of ideas, but we can always add to them. So on Facebook.com, you can find us. It's Facebook.com slash The Date Night Horror Show. Yep. Um, and on Instagram, it's uh, at Date Night Horror Show. Uh, no the. Um, Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, it's at uh, date underscore horror, and the the main hub uh, is our our own website. Yeah, uh, the and you can see a bunch more. If you want to know more about us and the show, you can find it all there, and you can find every episode there. Um, we're on Spotify, and we're on Spotify. We're on we're on we're on well, every everything everything. Yeah. Like we're so check us essentially out. everywhere. So if, if you use Castbox, we're there. If you use whatever you use to to watch uh, to listen to a podcast, we're most likely already there. Um, and please, 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 if you love the show, the, the the biggest thing you can do for us is go to iTunes and or Apple Podcasts and review it oh, uh, yes, and leave please. a written review. That gives us so much more exposure. Uh, we're starting to see the rewards of that. Awesome. So if you guys can do that, um, I'll try to leave a link in the description of this episode for, for reviews. Perfect. Um, yeah, that that would really help. And one more last shout out. Uh-oh. Uh, I want to do a shout out to our uh, voiceover announcer. Yes. Uh, I call him the, the date night grounds creeper. <laughs> oh, I like that. So like the creep creeper. Yeah, I like um, that. Uh, his name's Rob Banks. This guy is so versatile. Mm-hmm. Like he can do any sort of voice. He's, and to me, he's because he's so good and so professional. He's raised the production value of the show with all his cool introductions yeah. that we use. So a big shout out to Rob. Um, thanks again for yeah. doing all the Thank awesome you. voiceover awesome. work. Uh, he's also really great to work with. Yeah. So thanks again, Rob. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's that a it. Wrap? Yeah, I think that's that's a wrap wow. for the cursed episode, episode thirteen. Okay, cool. Scare you later. Bye bye. The Date Night Horror Show is written and produced by Enzo and Reina. All music written and produced by Enzo. Find Enzo and Reina online at the Date Night Horror Show. Do you love the show? Then share it with your whore-loving friends and help spread the word.